in today's show, we're looking ahead to Friday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Let's look ahead to Friday's action in the NBA and what that what I am watching for and maybe what you're watching for. Let's have a look right now. First game is the Pacers and the Magic. We want to see what uh, Goga Badadze is up to because I thought Goga was pretty good last game without Turner and without Sabonis. At this point, Miles Turner has been ruled out, but Sabonis is listed as questionable. Will they start Sabonis at center and then put Doug McDerp uh, in at power forward? I imagine they will, but there'll still be some minutes there for Goga. Will they play any Goga and Sabonis minutes together? How he looks here is going to be pretty interesting. And Aaron Holiday also been stepping it up. Now, it's probably likely just going to happen with uh, Brogdon sidelined, but 20-plus minutes... In the last three games with Brogdon out, and Holiday's been pretty good. Do they give Holiday the backup minutes? Do they give Sumner the backup minutes? What does his role look like if Brogdon does actually play? Well, for the Magic, of course, we know that uh, Ken Birch has been waived. We still had a huge game from Mo Bumba last game. I really want to watch what Bumba does, how Steve Clifford uh, murders, sorry, how he allocates the rotation and the minutes between Carter and Bumba because Carter played like 23 minutes last game, but prior to that, he was getting 30 plus. Uh, do they play it all together? That's some big question marks. Well, the big fella, he's back. Nice, Gary. Gary Harris is off the injury report. Now, a lot of people ask me if he's an ad. I, I don't believe so. His shooting has just been atrocious for like two to three years. His value used to come from being like a 50% field goal guy with almost two steals per game. And both of those things haven't really been there. I don't think he's becoming this high usage guy, nor do I think he's coming in and playing big minutes straight away. But he's going to have an impact on guys like RJ Hampton, MCW, the Shart, Dwayne Bacon, all those sort of players. There's going to be an impact. I'd be, I really want to watch Gary Harris to see how they use him, but I wouldn't say that he's going to be some sort of great fantasy option at this point. Next up, the Grizzlies in the next Ja Morant. We know that he's been pretty up and down so far this season. I think that's fair to say for Morant. But let's see if he can build on what he did last game. We're still worried about the steals and the threes volume. That's always going to be the concern. And then Grayson Allen, who had an absolute monster last game, 30 points. What does his role look like in a game again where Justice Winslow has already been ruled out? De'Anthony Melton uh, is out as well. So there's still those um, those wing guard slash players or wing slash guard players uh, are already out. Brandon Clark also doubtful uh, in this one. So a big opportunity again for Grace. And for the Knicks, I just want to see something from Alec Burks. It's not going to be consistency because it's uh, Tom Thibodeau and he gives minutes to shit players. But that is what we... Um, that's what we have to deal with with Alec Burks. And then I also want to watch Nerlens Noel, who has not been particularly good. The minutes have been split between him and Taj Gibson a lot of the time. And Noel is still providing defensive stats, but really at this point, that's all he is. He's just a defensive stats streamer. 
The Wolves and the Celtics, they've been starting Rick Rubio and bringing D'Angelo Russell off the bench, starting Josh Okogie or Jake Lehman in another spot. Will they go to Rubio and Russell as a starting combination? Will Russell continue to come off the bench? Will Rubio continue to play high 20s in minutes? Because if he gets 29 to 30 a night, he can still be a 12-team league player, especially if they commit to playing D'Angelo Russell as not the point guy, which they've done in most of these games. And then Jaden McDaniels, who I'm not really worried about his minutes. I'd like to see a little bit more from him offensively, but with Towns, with Russell, with... um, Edwards around. It is hard to find some shots, especially when you're in that starting lineup. For the Celtics, I want to watch the Tristan Thompson, Rob Williams scenario. Uh, Thompson was much better than Williams last game. The plus minus would definitely indicate that. Um, how do they run that minute split? How do they run the starting rotation? That's going to be key. also want to pay a little bit of attention to, um, to uh, Kemba Walker because he's been better for sure, but he is not at his best, and he is up and down. He's returning from his rest in this game. And I just want to see what he can do. Can we get him elevating ever again to those heights? I would say probably not would be my guess. Let's go on to the Bulls and the Hawks. This is a back-to-back for Chicago. Lowry Markinen will come off the bench almost definitely again. He played just 18 minutes on uh, Thursday. Uh, yeah, really. And he shot 80%. Not like he was shooting badly. but And he was a plus 23. But he played 18 minutes. Very, very hard to look at Lowry as a must-roster player. And then Patrick Williams, his production is just so all over the shop. The minutes are relatively secure, and I think that's that's a solid thing, but I want to see him start to develop a little bit more. I'm not sure that we get it necessarily this season. On to the Atlanta Hawks. Onyeka Okongwu, I thought, looked really good last game, starting in place of Clint Capella. I want to see Okongwu's value irrespective of Capella. Like, Capella may play, he may not. He's listed as questionable at the moment. Um, but... Okongwu should be getting those backup minutes. Let's hope that he continues to play as well as he has been, because I've been pretty impressed with him. While with the absences of DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, Cam Reddish, and Chris Dunn yet again, we don't know about Daniel Gallinari. He's questionable. Kevin Herter has seen his minutes jump back up. He is at least providing some stream value for 12-team leagues. The Sixers and the Pelicans. Still no George Hill. He claims he'll be back this season at some point, but hey, who knows when that's going to happen. So Seth Curry's minutes remain up, but Curry's production hasn't been great. I don't think he's a must-roster 12-team league player. I'd like to see him do it against a Pelicans team that's allowed some pretty big scores to go against them, so that's interesting there. And Ben Simmons, can he continue to play better with Embiid versus when he's without Embiid? Embiid will play in this game, so we hope we get a little bit more out of Benny Simmons. Well, for the Pelicans, what is James Johnson's role? On this team, we know that he started the last well, five games, um, moving to small forward with Brandon Ingram out, but Ingram is currently listed as questionable. So if Brandon doesn't play, does Johnson even play? Because he literally never played a second before Williamson and Ingram went out. He hadn't played a second for the Pelicans. So where he fits is going to be key. And then Eric Bledsoe, who's got a pretty big role at the moment with the injuries to Alexander Walker and to Josh Hart. And now Kyra Lewis and Lonzo Ball are both questionable on this uh, on this injury report. So a big opportunity for Bledsoe, who I do think is a 12-team league guy. The Hornets and the Bucks. Yeah, last time they played on Wednesday, the big story was Jalen McDaniels into the starting lineup and putting up some big scoring numbers. Now, I can almost guarantee you he won't be as good as that last game, but there is every chance, and in fact, I almost guarantee this as well, that he will start again and play decent minutes, and he is worth a 12-team league flyer. And then P.J. Washington Jr., he cannot continue to shoot this poorly. He has some bad shot selection at times. He's not an efficient player, but he's also not this bad of a player. But he brought the defensive stats. He's starting at center, which is much better for his value. So I do believe he's a must-roster player. Well, for the Bucs, it is a back-to-back for them. I want to watch the big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo, who is a 12-team league guy, but has just tailed off a little bit over the last two to three games. And then Bob Portis. His games without Yanni have been pretty good. Antetokounmpo did not play on Thursday. We don't know whether he plays on Friday. So Portis has definitely some stream value, but it might come crashing to a halt if Yanni returns. The Spurs and the Nuggets, 
Calden Johnson, unfortunately. Get that garbage out of here! I still want to watch him just to see if he can turn anything around, what it means for next season, but I'm not interested in him for 12-teamers this year. While Rudy Gay is more of that 14-team league player who's yeah, impacting what Calden's doing because he's playing so well off that bench. Well, for the Nuggets... Um, we saw Monty Morris in return. He's played the last two games, limited minutes as he returns from injury. What's his role going to be in compared to Faku Kampazzo off the bench? Does the headmaster Jamal Murray play? Uh, Murray is questionable after missing the last two. I expect Murray to return you know, either this one or the next game. But how Morris looks there. And of course, Aaron Gordon, who has played 23 and 24 minutes in the last two games. And we can say it's a blowout. But it was a 15 and 10 point victories. They're not giant, giant blowouts. And other players weren't as limited as what... Um, as what Gordon was in those ones. I still believe that he's more of a fringe guy than a must-roster guy, um, and we've seen the, the drop-in usage and drop-in assist rate become to uh, will come to fruition while there has been an increase in his defensive numbers. If we look at the Wizards and the Warriors, Robin Lopez is getting the vast majority of the center minutes. He can be a short-term 12-team league option, um, Bradley Beal listed as probable for this game, but I, I really worry about Beal long-term with that hip injury. And then I also want to watch Denny Avdia, who's getting good minutes. He's producing at a much higher rate than he was earlier this season. I still don't believe that he's really at a 12-team must-roster scenario, but he is playing better, and the minutes are coming his way. Well, for the Warriors, James Wiseman's always someone I want to watch. I'm more in, more interested at this point in his minutes versus his level of play because he, he has had some struggles quite clearly. But if he can push to 30 minutes a night, that does help his fantasy outlook. But 18 and 25 in the last two games, he played 31 when they got beaten by 53 by the Raptors, and that's where his minutes go up in those blowouts. And then Kent Bazemore, who is playing at a bit of a, a much better level, 26 minutes last game. I still wouldn't rely upon him for too much, but he's one of the Warriors' best in terms of plus minus, and he does seem to have a pretty solid bench role. Rockets and Clippers, I want to watch Kali Olenek because he has been putting up really good numbers. I believe he is a must-roster 12-team league player. Daniel House will be out again, so Olenek's going to get another start. They should just keep starting uh, Olenek over House, to be honest. He's a better player. And he's putting up really good numbers next to Christian Wood, while cousin Kev, Kevin Porter Jr., um, in the games next to Johnny Wall, hasn't been particularly good, but Wall is out. He is resting on the first game of a back-to-back with his Achilles injury after blowing through his minutes limit last game. There's going to be plenty of concerns with Wall as we move forward. I don't think anyone needs to uh, be super hyped about his value, but Porter has a big opportunity here. While for the Clippers, it is a back-to-back for them as well. What does Reggie Jackson do as that backup point guard? Does Mann and Kennard, do they get into the mix at all? Well, if it's a Zubats, will we have him starting once more? Is Serge Barker going to return? How are they going to use DeMarcus Cousins? I think they're all the key questions here. For streams, I'm looking at Goga. I am looking at Mobamba. One, two, three, four, five. I'm looking at Jalen McDaniels. That doesn't mean you shouldn't stream Jaden McDaniels if he's available, just that my numbers would tell me that he's, avail- he's rostered in most leagues. Pat Beverly, I think, is an interesting stream, and Taj Gibson can be a stream. While for points leagues, we're looking at both McDaniels, Jalen and Jaden. We're looking at Goga, we're looking at Mo Bumba, and we're looking at Cody Zeller from the Charlotte Hornets. Guys, that'll do it for me. Don't forget to follow Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitch around on Spotify. While you're on YouTube, hit the thumbs up, give it a subscribe, ring my ding-a-ling on the notification bell, and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.